Everybody stand on your feet. This man deserves a lot of applause. This is our pastor, Robert Bass. One of the things that I get the privilege of doing is seeing how he serves you behind the scenes. This man is relentless in prayer, in study, and then he goes and he gives himself as a husband to Carmen and a father to their son. But what I love about him, he never changes his dispensation. He always thinks about you guys first and how he can better improve the church. And God has given him a word. Now he's going to come up here. I want y'all to give him the good round of applause. He deserves everything that's happening here at Orange Park. Love you, man. Thank you, Pastor Robert. Y'all can take a seat. I'm thankful to be here at the OP campus. Come on, OP's the greatest location. Don't tell Pastor Tim I said that, but come on, y'all know it's true. OP's been running strong now for a while. I love being here. I love serving here. I love seeing y'all every single Sunday. If we haven't met yet, my name is Robert Bass, and I would love to meet you. It's not something that we just say. I, I truly want to meet you. I want to know the, what God's doing in your life because he is moving in your life, and we always want to support you and, and be here with you. And so um, also just want to make sure that I honor our lead pastor, Pastor Tim and Jim Timberlake. They do a phenomenal job of leading us here at Celebration Church. And in case you're new here, um, several times a month we preach live like today. I'm preaching and sharing the word. But you can also tune into our arena location um, on, on weeks that we don't preach live. We tune in several times a month to hear Pastor Tim preach from our arena location. So today, maybe after service or during the week, you can go back and watch the message from the arena. You can do that on the YouTube uh, channel at Celebration. And also, if you want to follow along, if, if you want to re-listen to today's message or you want to share it, you can share today's message, what we talk about here today on Spotify. So you can go and tune in to Celebration OP on Spotify. And so we're going to continue in this series that we've been in called Keep the Change. Keep the Change. And this has been a series that we've been talking about is how to keep what God is doing in your life. God's moving, but how do we keep staying focused on this? Today we're going to be wrapping up this series, and I'm going to read out of Psalms 127. Psalms 127, if you want to turn there. I encourage you to read along, whether it's with your paper Bible, your digital Bible, taking notes, I love to take notes because maybe y'all can remember everything that happens, but I can't. And so notes help me, reminds me of what God's doing, reminds me of what God speaks to me about. So Psalms 127, I'm going to start in verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those that build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And everybody that loves sleep says, Amen. Come on, Amen. Now y'all know God loves sleep. But Psalms 127, unless the Lord builds the house, not me, not you, Somebody else, unless the Lord builds the house, 
those that build it labor in vain. So I have a question for you this morning. God's building, God's doing something, but do we see it? In your life right now, you're building something. Your actions, your words, even your thoughts are building your life towards something. Do you know what that is? Are you aware of what your actions are building to? So many times we just go about life and we just do. We work. We're with family. We come to church. And are actions even getting us to maybe even what we desire, but is it what God desires? So what is our life building? I titled today's message, Building a Better Future. Building a Better Future. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, what an honor it is, Lord, to be in your presence. God, we ask that you would speak to us today. Lord, that we would hear your voice. God, that you would guide us. Lord, that you would show the beautiful future that you have for us. God, I pray that we would have boldness and strength to step out and to obey you. Lord, that we would build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother, for the keys. Appreciate you. So thankful for all of our serving teams and our worship team and all of you that serve. Y'all make a massive difference. You make a massive difference in so many ways that maybe you would never even know. Your actions matter. Your words matter. Even your thoughts matter. Because a lot of times we get our actions because of what we constantly think about, what we constantly meditate on. But God has a special way that he's moving. And he wants us to see that a lot of times what we do, how we act, our steps, they matter more than we will ever know. I want to read something to you. It's a scripture out of Isaiah 58, 12. And the reason I'm going to read this scripture is because God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for this church. He has a plan for the city, this county. God has a plan. You may not have a plan, but God does. And if we just follow his plan, y'all, life's a lot more, lots of life easier. It's so much easier. Isaiah 58, 12, listen to this. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of cities to dwell in. God has a plan to rebuild some things some things that have been destroyed by people's actions, by their motives, 
God cares about generations. God wants to restore some things. So I want to share with you some things that I believe God wants to restore. When we're focused on the kingdom of God, building God's kingdom, as many people would say, these are some things in our life that God's kingdom, if we're focused on God's kingdom, you will see these things in your life, okay? So point number one, if you're taking notes, is God's kingdom will restore rest in your life. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest, rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, this word rest is not just, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go sit in a chair somewhere and be quiet, get in your little happy bubble. No, this word rest is an actual recharge. It's where you get filled up. You ever took a family vacation before and you feel like you need a vacation from the vacation? Yeah, look at all the heads not. Right? That, see, that's not the rest we're talking about. God's talking about a rest where you leave filled. I would even say it like this, where other people leave your presence filled. When someone is around you, that they can just feel the life-giving that's coming out of you. So if we're building God's kingdom, we're making a difference in this world, God act, is actually asking us to bring rest into situations. Rest into people's lives. So how can you bring rest into someone's life? Begin to ask God this. God, show me how to give someone else rest. Maybe you're even in a place where like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. (laughs) I don't want them to have rest. I need rest. Okay, I get it. Begin to say, God, fill me. Allow me to have rest to the point where maybe you even desire to help other people. Because I'm telling you, God will fill you. He will recharge you in, in the smallest of moments. Moments where you don't even think that you would have rest. Moments where you think, well, I'm going to go to work today, and I have these 50 things to do, and I know I'm going to be exhausted. But it's amazing what the presence of God will do in your life when you say, God, show me how to do this. Show me how to find rest in where I'm at. I don't know if y'all know this, but God has woven in rest into our life. You may have heard it called the Sabbath before. The Sabbath is a day of rest where God is actually giving us a day where we don't have to work. Now imagine God telling you, okay, I'm going to guarantee you a certain amount of money, and you get to take a day off. It's like a vacation every single day. If God came to you and says, however many days you work a week right now, God says, take a day off, an extra day off every week, you're still going to get paid the same. Who would want that? Some of y'all lying in here not raising your hand. I would want another day where I get to rest, recharge, 
And God's still going to guarantee the same for me. But that's is what, this is what God's asking us to do is to trust him. God has woven in rest into our life, into the rhythm of our life. So much so, it's actually a commandment. If you read the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, you'll see Sabbath is in there. And there's actually a lot of words <laughs> around that command. We forget that God's actually telling us you need to rest. You need a time where it's not just I get to do what I want all the time. It's interesting, even in this command in Exodus 20, you'll see God says not to do whatever you want. Because a lot of times we think we know what we need for rest. But God is again saying, will you trust me? Will you include God in to your rest? When's the last time you asked God, God, show me how to rest? A lot of times we just think, I know what I need. Right, I need to go do this, right? I need to go on a shopping spree, or I need to go out hunting or fishing, or for me it's tennis. I love to play tennis. And so it's like, I need to go do this, and I will have rest. But it's absolutely amazing when I begin to say, God, help me find rest in the smallest moments. Because y'all know, life will throw you some crazy curveballs. And you're not always going to get what you think is best. Sometimes you're going to have to work a ton. Life happens, but God will meet you there to give you the rest you need. The key is, God help me get rest and help me help other people find rest. I heard this pastor say one time that he doesn't go out to eat on Saturdays unless he can tip the same amount of the bill. Because he said, if I'm going to expect this person to serve me on my day of rest, I'm going to inject, hopefully, some money that will help them. So what does that do? Again, it's not to be legalistic or to convict anybody. It's, it's him saying and reminding himself the importance of the day. It's so important for you to get rest, but we have to look for opportunities to help other people experience this rest. One of the things that Isaiah 58, 12 said, this is point number two, is God's kingdom restores things that are ruined. There's things in your life that's been destroyed. There's things in other people's life that's been destroyed. We live in a really broken world. God has not redeemed this earth yet. So there's things that are ruined. And y'all know what they are. I don't even have to list them. But isn't it horrible how we still have so much hate and division? I mean, there's still so much hate. Just in the news recently, people hurting and murdering other people. Y'all, we live in a world that is constantly around hate and division. This should not be. But this is the world that we live in. But it's our job to build God's kingdom, to remove the hate and division that is out there. So here's your part. You ready? 
When you hear other people at work and your friends gossiping, talking back about other people, it's your job to step up and say something. Because you never know what could happen. God has strategically placed you around people and in environments for you to make a difference. I'm here to encourage you today. Tomorrow, you're going to have opportunities to do what I'm preaching today. So get ready. Because God is bringing people around you for you to make a difference. You have a purpose. Your life matters. Tomorrow, when you wake up, you're going to have a ton of opportunities. What are you going to do with it? When you hear people gossiping and talking about the things about the news and what's happening and what what are we going to do? How do we respond? How we as God's people respond matters. Because we are the church. You are. What you do matters so much. I saw a quote online I just thought was so amazing. It says, if you've been blessed more than others, don't build a fence but a longer table. Maybe you've seen this quote. So many times we build walls and fences unintentionally, but God's asking us to use our time and resources to include people, not divide, not separate. I read a statistic the other day that here in Clay County, the U.S. Census published this, that 8% of our county is in poverty. And what they mean by that is not able to meet basic needs, pay their bills, food, different resources. And you may be thinking, 8%, okay, that's not that bad. It's pretty good. But that equates to eight, over 18,000 people. 18,000 people here in Clay County can't meet basic needs. To help you get that in perspective, in Orange Park, there's around 8,000 people that live in Orange Park. It's two of Orange Park. Two whole cities of people that can't meet basic needs. Y'all, this, this world that we're in, it's, it's, it's been ruined. But God has placed us here to make a difference. We can make a difference. Look, I, I truly believe no one in Clay County should go hungry. I'm serious when I say that. The amount of resources and churches that are here, no one should go hungry in Clay County. But there are still needs. People still have needs. There's still people who are homeless and isolated. There's still people who, given the opportunity, they don't want to be where they're at. But it takes you. It takes all of us. All of our time, all of our resources. So what are we going to do? We know it's here. We know the hate and division. It's here. Y'all know I, I don't have to tell you this. But God is asking us to step up and make a difference. God's kingdom, when we activate, We'll rebuild. We'll restore the things that are ruined. But it's our job to make a difference. One of the other things that God's kingdom restores 
is relationships. You know you're building God's kingdom when you can see relationships in your life being restored. John 13, 34 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another by this, listen to this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We also see people ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is, and he says to love God and to love others. Here's something that stops love. Self-preservation. Happens every time. Because y'all know it. You see somebody broken down on the side of the road, you're like, I don't have time to stop. I would stop, but I don't have time. Or I don't know how to fix cars. Or that person looks sketchy. <laughs> like, it, it, at the root of it, it's self-preservation. Is If I do that, I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to feel vulnerable. The number one reason people don't spread the gospel is because they say, I don't know enough about Scripture. I don't know enough about Scripture. Self-preservation. You don't have to know a lot about Scripture. You just have to know what God's done in your life. Just tell people that. Y'all, when I'm, in, when I'm talking to my neighbors, I don't preach Scripture to them. I don't. I don't go walking around my neighborhood with my Bible. No, my neighbors just see my walk. They see who I am. I talk to them about their life, what's going on, how I would respond. It's, it's my testimony. But I actually have to get out of my house. I have to get out of my fenced-in area, remove the walls that we so easily get put up because we've been taught to put up walls. Our culture doesn't naturally include people, especially since we just went through COVID. It's not on our first mind anymore. So we, as the kingdom of God, as, as born-again believers, as people that God is entrusting to transform this world, to bring heaven to earth, it's our job to make a difference and rebuild relationships. So I share this with you now to say, there's probably people in your life you could have a better relationship with. Because we all know you're only going to listen to people that you have a good relationship with, that you trust. Stranger walks up to you, starts trying to give you marriage advice. You're like, I don't know you. If you want to invest in other people's lives, you're going to have to have a relationship with them. kingdom of God restores relationships. So who is it? Who's in your life that God is asking you to rebuild some things? It doesn't have to be your fault that the relationship was divided. It could be their fault. There could be a thousand reasons all justified why you don't have a good relationship with that person. That's not what God's asking. God's asking us to rebuild those relationships. Not for my sake, because self-preservation will stop love. Jesus died on a cross for us. He modeled it perfectly. 
And he said in the garden as he's praying, he says, God, if I don't have to do this, you can go read it. Jesus said, if I don't have to do this, I don't want to. He had an opportunity to choose. I think TJ just said this during worship. Jesus chose to die for you. He wasn't forced to. It's powerful. We're adopted in. He chose to pay the price that you deserve. So someone in your life may deserve for you not to talk to them. They may deserve it and have every right, but that's not what God's asking us to do. Why? Because it matters. Because the relationships in your life, they matter. They're going to make a difference. There could be generations after you. But because of your obedience, it could change things. I'm going to invite the worship team up here with me. I recently heard some quotes I wanted to share with y'all. Because just when I read them, it was just so, so mind-blowing. You ever read a quote before and it just you have to think about it for a minute? You're just like, whoa. It said this, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I don't know who originally said that, but I found it in one of JFK's quotes in one of his speeches. Martha Luther King Jr. said it this way, The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by bad people, but the silence of that by good people. Take a moment and let what I'm saying sink in. The ultimate tragedy, the ultimate scary thing is not that evil exists or that bad things happen. It's it's not good. But that we would do nothing. That the church would do nothing. And you see it all through history, y'all. You can see it in history books. The persecution of the Jews. The church did nothing. All throughout history, you see hate and division. And what have we done? What we do matters. It really does. We are here in the society we're in because in a lot of situations, we choose to do nothing. I get asked this question all the time. It's probably the number one question to pastors if we did a poll. But it goes something like this. If God is so good, how come he didn't do? You see evil in the world, you see bad things happen, and it's easy to ask this question. If God is so good, how come evil exists? If God is so good, why do bad things happen? I get this question a lot. And the answer is a very shocking truth that God has trusted us to make a difference. 
that God has actually empowered us with gifts and talents, resources. We could end world hunger. Money's not the issue. God's got a pretty big bank account, y'all. Time's not the issue. God surpasses time. The scary truth that I feel like God wanted me to share today is he's put it in our hands. You see it all through scripture. When God decides to redeem something and fix it, what does he do? He finds somebody. Every single time. He finds Moses to bring them out of slavery. He found somebody who was going to be obedient. Every single time. God desires to change something. He finds you. He finds us. He finds somebody that's willing. So why does evil continue to exist? Just like the quotes I just read. Because we choose to do nothing. And this is not one of those happy messages Or you leave here super fired up. This is one of these messages where the Holy Spirit is going to have to do some work in your life. He's going to have to reveal to you the difference you're meant to make. And what I love about looking at this church right here is there's so many different people in in this room. Different walks of life, different ages, different experiences. These tragedies in this world does not have to exist because we can make a difference. We could end hunger. And I'm just using that as one example. It's not a big deal. Y'all know we got a food pantry here. We got a team that serves. Just this past Thursday or Friday, I forget what day it was, but some of our staff got a phone call. This guy who drives trucks for a living, went to deliver a ton of chicken, and the grocery store rejected it. Says, we don't want it. Just donate it to somebody. So here we are. Got a whole pallet of chicken. But here's what's interesting about that. You can ask my wife, because I got a phone call from one one of our staff is you know what was required to receive that food, to receive that blessing? Somebody who was willing to come up to this church, open up the doors, and put it in a refrigerator. That's what was required. God did it. It was there. It was available. But who was willing? And I only share that with you, not to convict you, but to let you know the opportunities are there. This is not a big deal for God. But who is willing? And I don't know about you, but look, I'm willing. God's done a lot in my life. I'm so blessed to just walk from the motorcycle accidents I've been through. I I tell God every morning I wake up, I'm like, thank you. I can't even help it anymore. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, this is not a hospital bed, God. Thank you. Because I understand what it's like 
And I hope and pray you never get to a low point in your life where you have to experience some things. But the question I feel like the Lord wants you to answer today is, are you willing and what are you going to do about it? Are you willing and what are you going to do about it? I can't answer that for you. Only God can help you answer that. But here at Celebration Orange Park, we are willing and we're ready for whatever God has for us. The future's bright. The possibilities are endless. I'm so thankful to be on staff here that God has entrusted me with. My posture for us is we're willing and we're ready. God, you show us. That's my prayer for you, that you would just pray and say, God, I'm willing. I'm ready. And watch God open doors for you. I mean, he will. You'll be surprised at the conversations that you'll have. Just yesterday, I was at the car wash, washing my car, and this guy starts opening up to me. I didn't even tell him who I was. Just starts sharing with me about his life. I had a choice. I could be like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Just wash my car. I I had a choice, y'all. This is what I'm trying to tell you. In every situation in life, you have a choice. God's bringing us opportunities. And I'm telling y'all, get ready. I want us to be ready for the blessings that God's going to bring. Because there's people out there that need us. There's people out there that are hurting. There's people out there right now that are praying for us to come. That they're praying that someone would just take time. Are we willing? So I'm going to pray for us. One of the things that I've learned in my walk with God is some of the things that I've shared today could sound foreign to you if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wouldn't even expect you to be willing. I wouldn't even expect you to think about other people because only God transforms hearts. The reason hate and and murder and all these things still exist is because God hasn't transformed their heart. But he can. So if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, this is your first step today. Is to allow God to transform you. To dedicate your life to him. If you've never been water baptized, you can do that today. We have everything ready. We're going to have a team back there in our next steps area that will help you get water baptized. What is water baptism? It's you publicly displaying your loyalty to Jesus. Jesus was water baptized. He modeled it for us. There's something powerful, again, when you say, God, here I am. I'm available. God, I trust you. Maybe there's some things going on in your life where you need prayer for. Maybe there's things in your life that are just overwhelming your thoughts, your focus. I want you to know that me and some of the pastors will be down here after 
service today, and we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you, to encourage you, to let you know that you don't walk through things alone. This is the beautiful part about being here on Sunday, is we know that we're not alone, that we have a family of people that's going to walk with us. Maybe you've never served before. We have outreaches going out today to laundromats, to different communities to hand out food. It can be scary to do it for the first time. I agree. But I've had to step out and do some things that are scary. Maybe you've never served before on a serving team. Maybe you just thought that church is good. They've got plenty of people to do that. Serving is important because God does a lot in you when you get connected with other people to serve, to make a difference, not only in this house, but outside this house. So maybe for some of you in here that you getting involved in a serving team is your next step. I don't know. But I'm about to pray for us. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Say, God, I'm willing. And show me what to do. This is it. It's what the entire message is about today. So let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, we stand here, Lord, and we say we're willing. Lord, we are willing to do what you desire for us to do. Lord, you say that it's going to take faith to trust you. Your scripture even says that without faith, it's impossible to please you. So God, we, we act in faith, not knowing what's going to happen in the future. God, we may not know what it's going to be like to serve, to help other people, to reach out to the needy. But God, we say we are willing. Lord, we say here we are. We are available. So, God, we pray that you would show us what to do. God, I pray that you would speak to people right now. Lord, I pray that your voice would become clear to some people today. God, I pray that you would empower your people today. Lord, fill us with your presence. God, restore to us the joy of your salvation. Restore to us the peace and the rest that we need. God, fill us in ways that we have never been filled before. Strengthen us, God, in ways that we have never been strengthened before. God, show us how to rest. God, show us how to receive what you desire for us. Lord, show us how to rebuild the ruined things. God, the things that have been destroyed in this world. God, show us how to rebuild. God, show us the need. Lord, bring to mind people that we need to forgive, relationships that we need to heal. God, make us the strong one. Give us strength. 
Lord, show us how to love. So, Lord, I just pray that you would fill us today. Lord, that we would leave here changed. God, that we would leave here different because of your presence. Lord, that we would be excited for Monday. God, that we would be excited to leave here today looking for the opportunities that you have already placed in front of us. So, Lord, we say we are available today. God, we say we are willing today. Lord, show us the truth. Show us the people that you have for us today. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give God some praise this morning?